From American Falls to Milad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, your weekly destination for all things District 5 athletics in the state of Idaho. I'm Brandon Bainey, and joining me as always from the Idaho State Journal, Jordan K. Jordan, how's your week been so far? Not too bad. Just, you know, hanging in there. Got uh, the first full week of high school football under our belt, so that's always a good feeling. Yes, and your schedule is about to get incredibly busy uh, because Idaho State University is also yeah. ramping up. Uh, they, their football team opens up this weekend, or they yeah they it? play uh, number eight North Dakota on Saturday at Holt. Whew, that's going to be a good game, actually. Yeah, it will, and I guess uh, North Dakota's got some running back that was, you know, uh, the finalist for the FCS version of the Heisman. So I think that that'll be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's always exciting. You know, North Dakota for a brief moment was a member of the big sky conference and then really they jumped ship. Yeah. It was for just a year or two middle part of the decade. So anyways, uh, ISU football is starting up, which is exciting of course, but we we're already off and running with the high school football season, Jordan, I think I, I feel pretty confident saying this, the, the game of the week in the entire state had to have been that rematch of the 2A state championship from a year ago, Firth traveling down to Westside to take on the Pirates in, in their season opener. That might have been the best game of the year. I mean, I, I don't see how anything could top it. So, I mean, to recap, I guess for those who, who don't know, Westside is down with about, what was it? It was like 15, 20 seconds left. They're at like the 33-yard line. Looks like they're going to lose. You know, their winning streak's going to come to an end. All of a sudden, Cage Brokens, you know, Westside's unreal running back, makes a guy miss, goes to the end zone, scores with about like, what, three seconds, four seconds left. They get the two-point conversion. All of a sudden, they're up. Looks pretty, pretty good. Then Uh we lost. Pooch kick. That goes right in the middle of the field and first somehow returns it as the clock's expiring to tie the game and send it in an overtime. And overtime, Cage Brokens has a 10 yard touchdown right off the gate that, you know, Westside capitalizes on. But I mean, for the final 20 seconds to go that that way is incredible. Yeah, uh, just to, to reiterate what you said, because uh, the internet here at Idaho Sports HQ ha- had a bump for a second and we both. We both got lost, so uh, it, it refreshed. Um, yeah, so this was a wild game. Westside uh, was trailing, like you said, inside of uh, you know twenty seconds, seconds actually. Uh, yeah, and so um, it, it was a fourth and ten play as well. And Westside called uh, a run play where basically Cage Brokens, he's he's a third year running back in in that wing T system. Um, they give him a lot of freedom to to basically. Uh, instead of going where the play is designed to counter back the opposite way, if if that's what he chooses to do. Um, Jason Turner from the Herald Journal in um, Utah wrote a nice article about it, uh, and he talked to Coach Moser from Westside, and he said, yeah, we basically give Cage Brokens the freedom to, if he thinks he can do better making it a counter run instead of a direct run, yeah. then we give it to him. And that's that's what happened. Cage started one way countered back the other way, ran it in 33 yards for the touchdown. And then, you know, Westside thinks, Hey, all right, we just pulled this game out. Yeah. And 
The ensuing kickoff to Firth, they returned it 80 yards for a touchdown with no time remaining to send the game to overtime. And actually, before it got to overtime, Firth had a chance. Um, to, to, for two, Because I guess both teams are just not good at kicking field goals. Yes. And so they, they both elected to go for a two-point conversion. Westside gets theirs with Brokens to make it a six-point game, but Firth can't capitalize. And so, you know, a crazy game in which both teams score in the final 10 seconds goes to overtime. Yeah, and, and in overtime, um, Cage Broken scores on the first play, and, and Firth uh, w- was not able to score. And so Westside's 1-0, and Firth, you know, we talked about last year in the championship game, Firth lost by almost 40 points yeah. um, to Westside. And uh, the fact that it was a lot closer this time around, you know, maybe the gap between Westside and everybody else isn't as wide as it used to be. No, I, I think that's definitely a takeaway from this game is, Westside has been so dominant for so long, but, you know, even in the past two years when they're state title, state champions, you go back and look at their schedule. Somehow they always have a couple of games like this for how dominant they are. They always find ways to, you know, have a couple scares. You know, I know last year against Bear Lake, it was seven to nothing. Like, you know, there, there was a chance, you know, Bear Lake had Owen Tucher slinging the ball around the field. All it took was him to connect on one deep pass and they get a two-point conversion. Westside's knocked off. Aberdeen was close a year ago. I mean, so there's times like this, and I think Westside, you know, for as many scares as they have, usually are, you know, you can be pretty confident they'll turn it on when state playoffs comes on. But, you know, I was pretty low on Firth, especially after being at that state title game. It didn't even look like they belonged on the same field. And so for them to see, you know, to see them do what they did on on Friday, hang with that West side for, you know, four quarters and beyond, I think that's a good sign for them for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, West side, we talked about it. They're calm, cool, and collected last year. Uh, they beat Marsh Valley 14 to six. Yeah. It was a tight game. Uh, the seven nothing game against Bear Lake, as you alluded to. And then in the semifinals in that crazy blizzard slash snowstorm, they only defeated Declo seven to nothing to get yeah. to the two A title game. So, uh, they, they know something about playing close games. That's for yeah. sure. So we talk about the, the gap maybe closing between West side and everybody else. And I know a team in their own district that is like ready and eager is Aberdeen. That's yeah. where we both were on Friday night as Aberdeen looked very impressive in their season opening victory over American falls. Yeah, no, that was such a fun game to go to because there was so much unknown with Aberdeen that you, you, I went into that game being like, okay, you know, this might be a close game. You know, Kale Adamson, this six foot two, 200 pound, just monster. He played left tackle for Aberdeen last year. They were thinking like, oh, you know, we're, we've got enough running backs. You know, maybe we'll move him to tight end. All of a sudden, a couple guys get injured. 10 days ago, they move him to tailback. He is unreal. Like one of the better, could be one of the better running backs in 2A after what we saw. He runs a four, five, one at, as big as he is, almost impossible to take down. That he had one open field run where there were two defenders trailing him, looked like they had a good angle to get him. All of a sudden, he turns on the burners and beats him by 10 yards of the end zone. Then you got Brody Beck, a quarterback who wasn't even expected to play quarterback. He was expected to be a running back. Another guy quits. He steps in, looks like just a monster out there. We all knew him as an all-state linebacker, but I think he might – you know, have a chance of being an all-state quarterback after what we saw. Runs for over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns. You know, he chops his feet when he runs better than anyone I've ever seen. No one can bring him down on their own. So 
you've got defenders grabbing at his ankle, trying to wrap their arms around his hips, and they just can't bring him down. And it was this one-two combination that American Falls couldn't figure out. You know, American Falls, they've been down for a couple of years. I, I don't know if you know many people expected them to pull the upset, but they're a big team that had real trouble with the Adamson-Beck duo. And I think that you know really bodes well for Aberdeen going forward. Yeah, that's a tough one to combo to stop as Aberdeen wins 38 to 15. For American Falls, it was almost a reverse of the Kale Adamson situation where yeah. American Falls has a, a running back they really like named Brock Bailey, but they had to move him to the offensive line because they, they're low on numbers there. Yeah. And so he was wearing the number 55, even though in the program he's listed as number 22. And he, he did get one carry, which was kind of funny to see, you know, number 55 get a carry. But yeah, yeah American Falls, when you look at their roster, I don't know if you went back and looked. Uh, but they they've got a lot of freshmen and sophomores on that team this year. There's not very many upperclassmen. Yeah, and then that was the thing talking with uh, like Coach Corey Hollingsworth afterwards is he's like this can be kind of a you know a learning experience. It didn't go exactly how we wanted, but I mean you look at how young these kids are and they can really only get better. Yeah, for sure. It'll be fun to watch American Falls and their progress throughout the season. Uh, elsewhere in District 5 at the 2A ranks, you had Malad with their uh, new head coach, Lucas yeah. Thorne. Uh, they they played pretty well against Lyman, the uh, defending uh, 3A champs from Wyoming. They only lost 22-14. to 14. You had Bear Lake open up a big can against the big piney punchers, 42 to 13. So Bear Lake, I think, is going to be pretty solid. And then Soda Springs shut out Ryrie, 36 to nothing. So the district as a whole uh, went four and one on that opening weekend. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I, I can't remember the final numbers, but the Soda Springs quarterback, who probably has the best name in the state, Tug Cap. Had like six touchdowns. He ran, he threw for like 200 yards, ran for another hundred, had like 18 tackles. It's just a monster all over the field for them. And so that's pretty cool to, you know, see him excel in a, in a opening win. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to see. And it, it's, it, I think it's going to be fun to watch that league unfold this year. I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. So uh, let's move on to the Rocky Mountain Rumble. We had several teams from District 5 competing in that both Friday and Saturday at uh, Madison High School in Rexburg. Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday is when we finally got to see the Pocatello Thunder for the first time this year. And they looked really good in a 49 to nothing shutout victory over Ogden, Utah. Yeah, I was, you know, I had heard the hype about Pocatello. Oh, the boundaries are changed. They've got more kids. They're bigger. They're stronger. All this stuff. But, yeah, I was still a little skeptical because I didn't know if their line could hold up. You know, I didn't know if their defensive line was, you know, good enough to get pressure. And I didn't know if their offensive line was going to give new quarterback Ryan Payne enough time in the pocket, give Reich and Echo Hawk enough holes. That was where I was skeptical. Then I watched the first quarter and I was like, holy cow. I mean, this this doesn't even look like the same Pocatello team, which was kind of ironic for them to, you know, start the Thunder era just looking like a completely different program under, you know, Coach Dave Spillett. Offensive line, I mean, they created these just massive holes against a pretty good Ogden team. I mean, Riken Echohawk, sophomore running back, gains 30 pounds in the offseason, comes out on the first series which was this methodical 13-play drive. I think it went 80 yards. He has 53 of those yards, gets seven carries, punches it in from a couple yards out. He ends up only playing the first half, 
has like 17 carries for 131 yards, three touchdowns, probably would have went for 300 yards if they played him in the second half. Just looked like a monster. I mean, 165 pounds, able to just run over guys, run past others. So that, that was the you know, question mark, you know, checked off. Ryan Payne didn't have to do a whole lot in his first start under center, but looked comfortable, made the throws when he needed to, knew where his receivers were and got him, you know, in the right spots. And then the defense, I mean, Ogden was missing a lot of playmakers. You know, they're they're struggling a little bit this year. But, I mean, the, the duo of linebacker Hunter Killian, who's one of the you know better players in the state, and then defensive end Caden Hoddle, who was basically a receiver who they just kind of moved to defensive end, they got pressure almost every play. It was kind of crazy that every time the Ogden quarterback went back, it was, you know, he had a second. If that, he had hands in his face. He was trying to backpedal. Uh, throw the ball like lob it over guys I mean it was just it was almost like you were afraid for the guy he was like fearing for his life the whole time back there they didn't allow a first down until like late late in the game I think it was like crunch time they had pulled their starters it was just a dominant victory that we haven't seen from Pocatello in recent memory definitely the most dominant since Spill has been there in the last seven years and this looks like a Pocatello team who usually is known for getting beat in the trenches, who looks like they can compete with most teams in 4A. And it, it, all of a sudden, you're, what you thought Pocatello's ceiling was seems to have gone up after week one. Yeah, Pokey's always had the skill, guys. It's always been a question of, of the lines and could they develop. And if they have, then look out. I, I totally agree. I'm excited to see Pocatello play some Idaho competition yes. only because I have a better gauge for who's good yeah. and who's not in Idaho. Utah, I have no idea, so... Yeah, I, I knew I was in the box like on, uh, in Madison with some of the you know opposing coaches. They were saying they were down on numbers, had some uh, injury issues. It wasn't like a full Ogden team, which is, you know, fine. But 49 to nothing, I don't care who you're playing. You know, that that shouldn't happen. And so that that was what kind of made it still very impressive. For sure. Well, speaking of good defensive units, Highland got back on, on the right side of the ledger with a win over Alta High School from Utah. They played right after Pokey did uh, at the Rocky Mountain Rumble. After after losing that heartbreaking game to Rocky Mountain in week zero, they come back and win 26 to 13. And through two games, Highland's defense looks really strong. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, that you know, you always know, like, Nick Sorrell, he, he kind of works up that defense. They got Kate Ackley on the defensive line. Always, always a pretty stout unit. But last year, they lose just so many guys. I mean, you think of, you know, Luke Togiai, Tommy Togiai's brother. Logan George was all our all-area player of the year. It's like, you got these two monsters. How are you going to replace them? All of a sudden, you know, Cody Colvin and Sloan Lamson, these defensive end and defensive tackle, respectively, step up. And, I mean... It's like the offensive linemen are kindergartners. The, every play, they're just you know tossing them to the side like they're these three foot seven you know guys who weigh a hundred pounds. It's unreal how you know you watch them. You know sometimes I get into the bad habit of going to a game and watching the ball. With Highland, it's like I'm just watching their defensive line running stunts and different things that they're doing to get pressure on the quarterback. And it's always you know there's a tackle like Sloan Lamps and Cody Colvin are always around. Then you've got Mason Fulmer at linebacker who, you know, Highland didn't even think they were going to have this year. He, or at least for the first part of the year, he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Somehow they get him back like the day before the Rocky Mountain game, and he's been exceptional. You got Adam Jones on the back end who, you know, hasn't had to do a ton, 
because, you know, guys haven't had enough time to throw the ball. But, you know, so you've just got it at all three levels of Highlands defense. You've got playmakers. The only problem is their offense at times just has not um, been on all cylinders. You know, there's been different things where drives have stalled. They haven't been able to convert third downs. Sometimes their passing game doesn't get going until the third quarter. There's different things like that where there's so much room for that offense to improve, which, you know, if it does and you keep the defense the way it is, like, look out. Yeah, we saw that. uh, We've seen that the last couple of years with Highland, where sometimes the offense gets out of sync or or the passing game. But when that's happened, they could always turn to Caleb Demuzio and say, all right, we need you to to carry us down the field. They don't have that anymore. So they are going to have to get that figured out eventually. But Highland off to a great start, one and one. Century was supposed to play last week. Uh, Their game against Ridgeview got canceled because Ridgeview. Uh, had some COVID-19 problems. I think everybody was healthy by the time the game was supposed to be played, but they didn't have enough practices uh, under their belts. So that's what happened there. Uh, Finally, the 3A ranks, a game that really I was kind of surprised by, I'll admit, was Snake River uh, just just blowing past Kimberly 57-40. to Kimberly, of course, beat Snake River twice last year, including that postseason game. And I thought coming in that Kimberly – was the better team. Obviously I need to readjust and and snake river uh, deservedly, I think uh, is a top five team in the polls this week. And they look really good. Jordan. They weren't, I voted them top five, but I don't think they made it. Oh, they Uh, didn't. Oh, I voted them too. Yeah. We're only two of like, but yeah, I I I was kind of confused how they didn't make it. Uh, Yeah. Because you look at, you know, snake river last year started off. zero and four. Jeb Harrison has been there for six years. I think this is the second time he's ever won a season opener. I called him like uh, after the game and I was like, you know, have you guys, since you've been at Snake River, have you guys ever scored 57 points in a game? He's like, dude, there might've been seasons we didn't score 57 points. (laughs) He's like, this is just such an abnormal game for a Snake River team that runs a wink T offense that's usually predicated on just running out the clock slow drives one of those things where if you know if you can get 25 points you're feeling pretty good about yourself and you know you had Zach Staley uh running the ball I think he had over 200 yards a couple touchdowns Cole Gilbert didn't have to do a ton throwing the ball because they were just so dominant running the ball um and and they just at every level could just run the ball at will I didn't the 57 points is just mind-blowing I don't know if that's uh if you're worried like oh darn you know let up a 40 points if that's a concern but I guess if you're scoring as much as you are you know your defense is always on the field I didn't watch you know wasn't able to watch the game so I'm not sure but you have to think after that one if you can put up 57 points running the wing tee like good things are going to happen the rest of the year <laughs> yeah you're you're doing just fine and that that 40 points is a lot to give up but I really do think in 3a football Kimberly is one of the most explosive offenses so yeah, that number will come down as they as they play other teams for sure. Yeah. Uh, Marsh Valley played on Friday night at the uh, actually they played Friday oh. afternoon yeah. at the Rocky Mountain Rumble and that man a, a close game that they almost had but they fall to to one of the defending state champions from Utah Beaver High School twenty one to twenty but that's a pretty encouraging opener for uh, Coach Armstrong and the Eagles of Marsh Valley definitely because they got down early um, with about. 30 seconds left. They were on the wrong side of the field. Hunter Roach with, you know, 30 seconds left throws this 
kind of like a heave, like 15, 20 yards into the middle of the field. The big receiver, Peyton Howe, jumps up, grabs it. All of a sudden, you watch the film of him. He looks like he's, you know, playing like, you know, Donkey Kong, just zigzag, just all throughout the field. Ends up, you know, scoring, I think it was like a 54-yard touchdown with like less than 30 seconds left. There, March Valley's only down one. And I, I haven't talked to, you know, Coach Armstrong if, you know, if they're like, you know, we just aren't so comfortable kicking the ball. I know they had made an extra point earlier in the game or if they're just like, Hey, we were down most of this game. We've got a chance to win it right here. We've got a good play call. Let's go do it. So they end up going for two, don't get it. And so what looked like a really promising, could have been a you know incredible comeback, falls a little bit short. But you know, you have to like what you see out of you know Marsh Valley's offense. Hunter Roach was fantastic. Michael Belknap was pretty solid. Or his brother, too, was um had a couple touchdowns. And then Peyton Howe had like seven catches for 175 yards and a touchdown. And you look at stuff like that and you're you're like, wow, I, I wonder if the Snake River Marsh Valley game is gonna be, you know, sixty-five to sixty. So it's a pretty that was a pretty good, uh pretty good statement, I guess, early on. It might be like one of those basketball games they played so many times last year. We're up yeah. into the sixties and seventies, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, they they I, Marsh Valley, I think, is gonna be really good. They'll be a playoff team, and I think they've got potential to go pretty far for sure. Yeah. Um, other scores from our area in week one, uh, if we look at the one A's, uh, North gem, uh, over in Bancroft, uh, Jordan on, on our Idaho eight man prep cast where we covered just eight man football. Yeah. I, I went out on a limb. I predicted that North gem would be the one AD two state champions this really? year. That's yeah. Wow. Um, they, so uh, they barely pulled out this one. Uh, I think it, they needed a, you know, a touchdown with like eight seconds left to, to win the game over grace who's you know classification ahead but still um pretty impressive and i know last year the whole team was the bridger hat show the quarterback would have you know 300 yards rushing every every game and this week they had three guys at over 100 yards so a little more balance i think with the north gem offense this year which is uh, you know probably a good sign Yep, that running game is is on point as always. It's all it's all going to hinge on the defense, but they're one and zero. They start off nice. They they play carry this week, so we're going to find out pretty quick how smart I am, or or yes. uh, how North Gem really stacks up against the class of the, of the conference or the state. Um, and then otherwise, the only other score was pre- uh, actually we had Rockland defeat Camas County fifty four to twenty. Good start for the Bulldogs. Yeah, um, and then. The only other uh, game of note was Preston as yeah. they played Shelly and the Russets came away with a 15 to six win for Preston. Now through two games, they're one and one, but, but only scored 13 points total across the two games. Yeah. You know, I think we knew that there was going to be a little drop off when you lose uh, Cole Harris, their, you know, all area caliber receiver. And I think it's shown a little bit, but you know, you, you had that early week one win and I think they'll, they've got plenty of time to get back on track. Yeah, for sure. So let's take a look at the schedule that's coming up for this week. Um, is there is there a game that stands out in your mind? We kind of talked about West Side at Snake River. Yeah, there are one and zero teams. That's going to be a pretty good matchup. No, I think that's the one I'm really circling. Is like, holy cow, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, it's going to be interesting. The the Blackfoot at Idaho Falls. Blackfoot just you know barely fell against Thunder Ridge this week, and I, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. They had a pretty good showing, you know, Austin Ramirez at running back had over a hundred yards. They look good in some ass aspects, but you know, Thunder Ridge, a five, eight team, 
you know, I don't, I don't know how much stock you, you put into that. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Blackfoot can bounce back. Uh, looking around, I'm trying to, I mean, there's a lot of just our teams playing just way out. The one that's going to be interesting, Highland against Logan. You know, Logan's a really good team in Utah, has so many playmakers. Highland's played, <laughs> I mean, every week you're playing, you know, Alta from Utah. The, the thing with Alta is, they had this receiver who's like a six foot six dude who's getting recruited all over the place and he was out. And so it's just, it was a completely different team that they were really playing on Saturday, but you go Rocky mountain, Alta, now Logan. I mean, that's three of the toughest games that, you know, anyone's the state's going to start out with. So how Highland can respond to, you know, a third rate week of that type of challenge. That'll be fun to watch. Um, I mean, that's Firth and Soda Springs. I mean, after that, game you know can soda springs look really good firth looked really good can soda springs pull the upset other than that i mean there's not a, a ton that i'm familiar with except you know like you were saying the north gem carry thing right yeah i'll tell you there's there's a couple of uh games i'm really interested in in terms of we're going to find out real quick how good these teams are north right. gem at yes. carry is one of them and then i think also aberdeen traveling to declo declo a yeah. semifinalist a year ago in the two way ranks, they lost to West side seven to nothing in the semis. So Aberdeen at Declo, we're going to find out pretty quick whether this Tigers team is ready to take that next step and really consider themselves at, at the head seat of the table. And then the other game I kind of wanted to talk about was Pocatello. They're going to travel to twin falls to, to play the Bruins. That's a matchup of one and O teams. Twin falls was picked to finish second in the league. They had a nice win over Valley view, which is a pretty good team from district three. So I think, you know, for Pokey now, this is their first measuring stick against an Idaho school going to Twin Falls. Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about Twin Falls, but like you're saying, it's easier to get a litmus test when they're playing an Idaho team. Pocatello had about as good of a season opener as you can have. Can they carry that over? You know, is the running game going to be that good against, you know, what we know to be a very good Idaho team? Can the defense get that much pressure against an offensive line who we know to be pretty solid? Yeah, I think a lot of questions are going to be, you know, answered pretty quickly when they play Twin Falls. Yep. Other games on the schedule in District 5, uh, West Jefferson at American Falls, Battle of 0-1 teams there, Century at Bonneville, that's a yeah. pair of 0-1 teams. Rockland is at Hanson, uh, you've got Bear Lake at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Battle of 0-1 teams, Ryrie at Malad. <clears throat> then you've got Grace at Oakley. That should be a pretty good one as well. Oakley, the defending 1A D1 champs. Yeah. Grace is a team that thinks they can contend for a playoff spot. Um, and then you've got Star Valley at Preston. You know, can Preston score some more points? And then the last game is Marsh Valley at Teton. And I I, I really like the Eagles big there in that yeah. game. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that's that's kind of the football slate. Now it's also going to be a big volleyball weekend in Idaho as well. And especially in Pocatello because it's the annual Peg Peterson tournament at Highland high school. This, this is one of the largest Idaho high school volleyball, regular season tournaments of the year. There's going to be a ton of teams. Yeah. Um, and so it's always exciting that Highland gets to have this annual tradition. Yeah. The, I mean, for a long time, Highland, you know, had this hosted this tournament and you know, didn't perform very well, but last year they really came on, you know, behind McKenna Thane, who is our volleyball player of the year, who recently graduated. I mean, they placed better than they had in, you know, a decade or so. Um, then you got, you know, Pocatello, Blackfoot, uh, American Falls, who's losing, you know, what I thought was one of the best players in Emma Barclay last year. But, 
you know, they return a bunch of girls. Bear Lake, Malad. I mean, Bear Lake also was right there. I think they finished second in state last season. So, you know, a lot of good teams. And I think it, this is really when a lot of volleyball coaches say is their real early season, how good are we? <laughs> and so I think a lot of them are going to figure that out pretty dang quick. Yeah, last year was an all uh, District Five matchup at the two A Westside beat Bear Lake in, yeah. the, in the championship. And Century, of course, graduated one of its most talented athletic classes of female athletes in some time. You know how do they bounce back and, and reload? So just a, a sampling of the teams that are going to be here: Centennial Five A school from Boise, Filer Highland, of course. We've got um, Malad, Minico, Burley, uh, Emmett. Twin Falls, South Fremont, Pocatello, Fruitland, Blackfoot, Skyline, uh, Parma, Bear Lake, Columbia. I mean, Sugar Salem's going to be there, the defending 3A champs. I mean, this this field is loaded with teams from all over the state. You're getting some of those Boise schools that are coming over to compete as well. Yeah, and with all the you know different classifications meeting at the same place, I know a lot of coaches aren't always like, you know, it's gold or bust. It's, you know, can we make a good run? Can we get to the quarters? Can we get to the semis? Because, you know, if a 3A team does that playing 5A competition, you know, they look around like, wow, you know, when we start playing other 3A schools, we're going to be good. Even 4A, same thing. You know, that's how a lot of these coaches look at it. And, you know, that's why it's such a fun tournament. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll have plenty to talk about there. We'll, we'll recap uh, the volleyball action from the Peg Peterson. And of course, all of the football action from this uh, upcoming weekend as well. <clears throat> Want to remind everybody um, that, <clears throat> wow, I'm losing my voice. Cause this it's is like the fourth, well. it's like the fourth podcast I've done today. So <laughs> I gotta not, I'm not staying hydrated, Jordan. I'm not yeah. <laughs> um, on the uh, homepage at idahosports.com. We've brought back our gridiron game picks where the fans compete against the Idaho sports personalities <clears throat> to uh, pick all of the football games across the state. So it's super easy. All you have to do is register with a profile and then you uh, sit down in every single football game in the state of Idaho, you predict who's going to win the game and whoever has the most total games picked correctly wins 25 bucks. So some cold, hard cash. It's free to play every week. Uh, Jordan, you can even sign up and and, uh, do it if you want to. We'll we'll put those skills to the test. I think I would get killed. (laughs) I think, I think I'm going to get killed too, but. It's fun for the fans to talk smack that, oh, we know more than the so-called experts, quote-unquote. Yes. So. yes, very true. Yeah, so that's on the homepage at uh, idahosports.com. The Gridiron Game Picks. Get registered. You have until 7 o'clock Friday night to uh, get all your picks locked in. Otherwise, Jordan, uh, where are you going to be at? What, what's on the horizon at the Idaho State Journal? What are you working on? Not sure where I'm going to be on this Friday, but you know, revving up with a lot of Idaho State football stuff. Going to have a you know, a story in Friday's paper previewing to one of the better players for Idaho State. Going to the game on Saturday, we'll have, you know, a big front page story on Sunday from that game. And, you know, then trying to, you know, getting a lot of the, you know, soccer scores and volleyball stores starting to come in, starting to try and get a little bit of an understanding of what's going on around Pocatello, Southeastern Idaho, top girls, boys, soccer teams, top volleyball teams. You know, we're learning a lot pretty early on. And so, yeah, trying to, you know, really get a grasp of this early season. Yeah, and again, folks, Jordan is <clears throat> Jordan is a one-man band right now at the ISJ. <laughs> so you are you're doing it all. 
Yeah, I was like, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. I, I apologize. I was a little behind on some soccer and volleyball stuff early. And so, you know, now it's time to catch up and make sure I get all the, the coverage and, you know, respect of all those, uh, you know, all the great teams around here. Yeah, well, it's exciting to watch. Of course, this is going to be a big ISU weekend, so we'll keep an eye out for that in the Idaho State Journal as well. And wherever you're at Friday night, I know it's going to be a tremendous write-up. Yes. Uh, I'll read it the next day because I'm going to be in Rigby for the um, Battle of the Trojans post-falls against Rigby on Friday. Really? Wow, yeah. that'll be so, a fun one. Yeah, that should be a fantastic matchup. I'm looking forward to it. And Otherwise, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for this edition of the uh, Southeast Idaho PrepCast. Before my voice totally goes out on me, I better duck out. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. I appreciate it. I will uh, talk next week. Yep, sounds good for Jordan K. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the Southeast Idaho PrepCast from IdahoSports.com.